But the really interesting thing there is this idea that is it really copyright infringement to train a model, to train a student, to train a person? Like you think about Prince, like one of the greatest like artists ever, right? He didn't become Prince by just learning to play piano in a silo and like playing guitar. He like studied Sly Stone. He zapped over James Brown videos to figure out how to dance. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Deep Learning with Poly AI. I'm Michelle. I lead marketing here, and I'm joined by Nicola. Hey, everyone. How's it going? Awesome. So we hope you've been enjoying the holiday break. And if you haven't had time to be like, just perusing the news headlines surrounding AI, we've done it for you. I think the biggest one of this week is the New York Times suing OpenAI, and it's a potentially monumental precedent-setting uh, case around the whole notion of copyright, fair use. What's the value of journalism in a day like today? Yeah, where do we and where do we go from here? Like, why is this historic? So I guess we'll start there. Like, really, what are they suing for? Yeah, and, and what is that? What does it mean for the AI world and for anybody who's using yeah. open data? Yeah, to train? yeah, I think that in the whole thing, to not quote it verbatim, but I think they are billions of damages from like opening using their data to train and deliver a service but is valuable and they're make, making money off of it. I think Altman said that OpenAI revenue is 1.3 billion as of last October, right? So I'm finding it hard to see how it's billions of damages so far, but hey, I don't think, I think few people would, would think that New York Times does not have uh, an inflated sense of self-worth. So it's a bit like GDPR run amok, right? Where for example, with a machine learning model, Anyone whose data you've ever used can go back and say, hey, remove my data. And then if you yeah. did, you'd have to go and retrain the whole thing. So one thing they're asking for is for the models trained with their data to be destroyed and recreated. So like, they're probably asking for, at the very least, a rerunning of a training sequence that probably cost a few million, if not more, right? And to me, it sounds a bit like nimbyism, right? Because look, okay, if they ask for it, then... Is the Guardian going to ask for it? Is yeah. every is your local neighborhood newspaper going to ask for it as well? And yes. I mean, it's, it might be fair to say, hey, don't use my data, right? But well, I think in order to to think about that whole thing, like are all journalistic publications going to link arms and join a lawsuit like this or join the bandwagon? Think about GDPR. How many people actually requested to have their data removed, and why? And like, what groups of people? feel infringed upon when when companies are using their data, usually to market to them. Uh, I think the way to get at the answer to that or to try to predict the future would be to say, really, what is the threat to these to these companies, to people who look like the New York Times? And so if you go to them and it's, it's billions of dollars in actual and statutory damages, what does that mean? What are those, where are those damages coming from? I don't know. I saw the site, the, the, one of the things in the complaint was this article about a cab about the New York City cab companies. It's a huge business versus Uber, I believe. And they had, it was almost word for word, the training model, which was exposed by ChatGPT. We could ask it to say, hey, how did you get this information? Tell us a little bit about how you were trained on this. And it'll expose stuff that should have been behind a paywall. So is the threat their profit? Like is the threat that they're concerned that the day when GPT catches up to the time that we live in now and is not 
based on information from 2021, that they're going to be threatened. Their intellectual property is going to be out there for the world to see. And will that have a monetary impact? Is it? I am 100% confident that way more about journalism than I do. So tell me if I'm wrong, but there are really two value streams for the consumer for a publication like New York Times, right? One is reporting, real-time reporting, right? Like you are my trusted source of information. If you know, you know what the latest happening in Ukraine or Gaza is, you will provide that information in a trustworthy way. An LLM won't challenge that. The best they can do is not be retrained to provide that information because that would be monumentally expensive and also just impractical because that information has to come from somewhere, physical, yeah. real world, right? So yeah, it can then you basically move into a mode where you're using the LLM to API calls off of Twitter, off of anything else. And that'll bring the old and familiar misinformation and everything where the same question is, does a New York Times journalist sit on Twitter and YouTube and watch for geolocation reports from Ukraine to establish where the battle lines are? Or do they actually have people in the field who are speaking commanders there and everyone and providing that information in good real-time form to... Their readers, I think they are doing that. And that's clearly not going to happen. So people who are subscribed to New York Times because they want this real-time stream of information, I don't see how that's under threat, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of the processing. So like the the thought of or the promise of journalism, right, is that you have these people with the best intentions performing a public service of taking information and putting it in a format that people understand and that helps them understand the world around them. And understand what's likely to happen next or why is this politician seeing things this way or saying these types of things or why are these problems happening? And they are uniquely, in fact, I think they used that that word. They said they had uniquely valuable content. And the way that it's unique is by the process, is by the lens through which they're filtering truth, right? And an LLM has its own lens too. But just like something that you said before just made me think of this. There was a time when I was in college, you could get a discounted New York Times subscription. It's expensive, even especially yeah. for poor college kids. But, but yeah, you could get a, a discounted kind of subscription. And when I think about that, just the fact that their public service, this sort of thing that they want to uphold the integrity of journalism, that they want to give you the truth in the most unfiltered form, but in a way that's tempered and easy to understand. It's a similar, maybe a similar kind of philosophy that would be behind wanting to train a model well, wanting to kind of train it with integrity, with information that's not just regurgitated garbage from like the blogs, the internet blogs or like yeah. Twitter. People are going to deals is, hey guys, loosen up. Like, yeah. chill. let your data help the world, right? Yeah, exactly. You'd expect that from the way that they see the world, right? I, I was going to say, okay, so the first part is like the real time. Right. If you trust New York Times above other newspapers to get to be that source of information and you're willing to pay, well, nothing changed. Right. The, the second stream is like the opinion pieces. Right. Yeah. Like you trust them to provide a unique, valuable perspective based on not necessarily information for the last six hours, 12 hours. Maybe we get to the point where we're tuning LLM so fast that they can be knowledge up to yesterday, knowledge up to six hours ago. Like we, we may get there very soon. At which point you're like, okay, what if this LLM writes something so thought-provoking that makes you completely question your perspective on something? And then you go and you're like, wow, I don't need to read columns from 
New York Times or Guardian, but instead have a stream. And you know, the thing is, if an LLM can produce this thing, it's, it's not only true that it can produce one, then it can produce a thousand, right? And you could then, if you are the CFO of New York Times and you look at like your future revenue streams, I could see it as like a meaningful split between the two services they provide, right? And then, yeah, this is under threat, but it would be pretty arrogant and self-absorbed of them to think that their content alone will create that and that they have any shot whatsoever of that future coming to be. I'm not saying it is, right? I think that there will be, we will increasingly have different autopilots and we will use different things to do all our work. Like you and I, but also a writer at New York Times. And maybe the best opinion pieces of five years from now will be heavily co-created with AI. Why not? I think New York Times should stop doing nimbyism and like looking at its own data as this single thing, unless they're really preparing a revolution where every single newspaper jumps on a union train, gets their data. Like they'll slow down OpenAI, but at the end of the day, the discussion goes to there will be someone in Beijing or in Moscow who will go buy one subscription to the website, crawl the whole data set, and then train that model. Sure. So the model will be there. Sure. And in that model, one way or another, will find its way there. So I think if it's just a play at really finding a way to get little teas out of their data, they're probably doing the right thing, right? They're not non-business savvy people. Yeah. So really what it's about, I think it's fair, right? Is it billions of damages? Well, American law works, right? For hundreds of billions, in the end, we cut a deal somewhere and the whole thing goes away. I wonder if the New York Times is fighting something else entirely. And it's a battle that I think journalism has been like they've been under siege from social media and this concept of bespoke realities, which this great sociologist, I can't remember her name, came up with. I actually read about it on The New York Times, ironically. But this idea that you're being served the reality in media that you want to see. So the algorithm serves you stuff that you're interested in. Truth gets distorted or into that wormhole you go down. And so The New York Times is fighting the same way the Washington Post might have been before they were acquired by Amazon, but they're fighting to maintain their own reality and be able to write from their own perspective, take truth, turn it into opinion, and serve that out as its own intellectual property without it getting distorted and diluted and transformed by someone else's prompt. I think that's really, if I had to guess, what the battle is actually about. But the really interesting thing there is this idea that is it really copyright infringement to train a model, to train a student, to train a person? Like you think about Prince, like one of the greatest like artists ever, right? He didn't become Prince by just learning to play piano in a silo and like playing guitar. He like studied Sly Stone. He zest over James Brown videos to figure out how to dance, how to move, how to sing, how to put all the pieces together. He obsessed over other artists and did hours and hours of copying, not study, copying. And then because he's his own unique artist with his own perspective, out came what we know of as Prince or what we know of the artist formerly known as Prince. But that's not copyright infringement. The output, the product that we see and we all celebrate is not, you can't tie it back. James Brown can't sue him. It posts, it's just, that's just crazy. So I think that at the core 
this lawsuit is the scariest thing for anyone who's an AI creator, anyone who's a creator at all. I don't know. Right. Yeah, I don't. I mean, the whole thing about protecting their right to be that and to not have it distorted. Well, the one problem we have with LLMs is that like the whole like accountability and saying, I'm telling you this because I read it in the New York Times. It might hallucinate if you ask it where it's from, but probably not. And I think the mode of using these models is going to become such that you question it all and you go to the source to look for it. And I think there will be a lot of good tooling and methods that will come out for this in the very near future. So I don't think that the threat to them of, hey, New York Times said this and it's fake news. I don't think that's really going to happen or that there's a high risk of that being a thing. But yeah, I think they are a major powerful publication, but they're not, they're not that big. So I think like the evolution of AI, honestly, they're inconsequential. Yeah. And okay. The thing that I would do if I were at OpenAI dealing with this would be like, hey, cool guys, right? Okay. Here's some money. Disappear from my life and I will never use your data again because your data is 0.0000000. Yeah. This for 30 seconds. 1% of what I've been trained on, right? And I've been trained on far more quality opinion pieces, which are classical novels and works of great philosophers that sure, are sure. better than your stuff, honestly. Like your stuff oh, is... Shots fired. Well, it is, but come on, get grip, right? Like yeah. what you think about what the fuck should do relative to this or culture wars or whatever is but some scribbles on a piece of paper in the grand scheme yeah. of history anything that humanity ever produced. So get a grip. Influence this model at all? Fine, don't. Right? Maybe like, that's ex- exactly the problem. But maybe that's exactly the problem is that they are mounting to scribbles on a piece of paper, that they are staring down their own fate by the LLM like capture of what they do. It's like we talk about corporate capture in the form of regulation. Maybe at the heart of this, New York, the New York Times does want to slow down AI. They do want to slow down the progress. But to say that their percentage of content that they're contributing to the universe of co- training content is significant, but maybe that is what they're trying to do. Maybe they are trying to inspire others like them to slow down the pace of progress because it is absolutely uh, maybe a threat, I think, to their... Well, I don't think that would be like shots fired and you just emptied another <laughs> round of bullets into them. But I don't think they think of it that way, right? But like the real threat of, hey, is this coming for us? Am I bought some scribbling on a piece of paper? What are our lives at the end of the day? A small imprint on the general flow of humanity history, right? And uh, what can they do, right? Their piece there, how are they different from The Guardian? or pick your favorite left-wing or right-wing publication in any country, right? They produce thoughts and they're all filled with intelligent people with slightly different worldviews. The business model versus the idealistic view of journalism, yeah, they they need to be separated here. And I think what you're getting at is something really important, which is, is what I do important? If I scream and do something now, can I like cling on to this thought that I do something meaningful, that it's really important, that it's worth a lawsuit against something that is a historic development. And honestly, like just turn on Serbian skeptic mode. Could it maybe just be a cry for attention? Hmm? Yeah. What does that attention buy them? I think that the audience that is... They're sitting there in a room and it's, let's say you and I are like, you're the editor-in-chief and I'm like, you're deputy. And I'm like, hey, you know what? Someone should sue these guys. That was the second drink. You know what? Why shouldn't we sue these guys? Yeah. Like you totally bet on the New York Times to be the ones 
that actually pulls a trigger on it. I think, though, let's turn the cynicism all the way down. Let's say, what do they actually want? Do they want billions of dollars? No. I'm guessing no. Or maybe they do, but I'm guessing no. Yeah, royalties, but really, what is the solution to this? What is the version of AI meets content that exists out on in the world? What's the best kind of most harmonious version of that? Is it citations and attribution of like where this thing is learning things from? Is it not accessing things behind a paywall? Is it, I don't I mean, know. Look, you, you lead marketing here. We all know how hard attribution is, right? Ah. This will come as an inbound, outbound, both was partner, sourced, influence, sure. et cetera. The real issue we have with LLMs and deep learning overall is that we can't really attribute. Did the model write this genius opinion yeah. piece? That guy, New York Times from year 2018 to year 2020, was the catalyst for it. Well, you know what? Maybe, right? And then the thing wrote the pivotal piece that prevented World War III. Yeah. Yeah, but how are we going to even attribute that? It's stuff, right? I think collective action by like all media, et cetera. Well, I don't know. I mean, this what is like- a company like Wikipedia, right? Which built their foundational sort of tenets on the fact that they were going to be able to cite the internet, that they were going to be able to be the source of truth, this neutral kind of repository of information that cites everything. And if anybody, like a leading marketing, if anybody's ever cr- tried to create a Wikipedia page for a company or a person, and realize how difficult it is and how stringent, yes, there's workarounds, but like how stringent their rules are for, for like content approval, maybe is part of or behind a lot of the impetus for this lawsuit, which is, can we get to a place where, you know, where you have a Wikipedia-esque, I don't know, attribution model I mean, would not work in our business, not of, marketing, but. It's so much data though, right? Yeah. And I if you were to audit anyone who's built like a data lake for something like this, like I'm betting that it wouldn't be trivial to actually go through and like fully identify exactly where everything came from, unless yeah. that person far more disciplined than I ever did when I yeah. did anything. It's a lot of data. And then just even attribution wise, these words that model learns from, they look very similar to a lot of other words, right? I don't know. I think like the simplest, the path of least resistance for open AI here is just to say this. Like you're up, like your data is school. I can guarantee that's proper GDPR at the end of the day, right? Although not, I think, fully applicable here in that sense, but nothing will change for OpenAI. Nothing will change for them except that opened a very interesting door where anybody who's competitive now with them can pay people or do things that are not right in order to get other people to join and, and pull their information. And there are big reposit- repositories of data. Uh, Wikipedia is one. There, there are many other things. If they did all start to pull out, would make a meaningful difference. Yeah. And I guess if, if you're trading on something that references the New York Times, did you indirectly still infringe on their content? I don't think it'll be that easy to enforce. Now, of course, you could maybe have a self-serve model for all the people going after you where you reveal your data and you go, tell me what your data is. We'll review it like Wikipedia and remove it yeah. if so. The real, and I think that works for Wikipedia because it's fully public. You and I can go and edit any article now. You can try and then it'll be reviewed and we'll see what happens. The one major thing here is rather than there are training procedures and the know-how of how they train their GPT models and 
the data pre-processing and post-processing steps between the crawling that they do. But the data mode is really the thing they have that is the most important one. And they wouldn't be able to just share it with everyone like that without losing that competitive differentiation. So it's not really in their interest to serve it in the Wikipedia or or, or that, right? So I don't really know. It's interesting. It is interesting. Maybe New York Times will write something interesting about why they're suing on that we can use your subscription to to read the thing and comment on the next one. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. And then talk about it here and infringe on their copyright because we Maybe we can see it as well, right? Yeah, it's super interesting. There are probably a lot of... Who do you think serves them next? Yeah. Yeah. I'd wager that the irony is not lost on if New York Times and similar left-leaning ones all opt out, that we get a Breitbart-fueled PT5. And I'm not sure how that's in the public interest, to be honest. I I think right now it's in the public interest because hopefully they cancel each other out and get something neutral in the middle. Yeah, exactly. That's not, I don't know if that's what's happened either. It's almost like this bespoke, bespoke reality thing where you ask what you get. You, the way that you prompt it influences what you get. Yeah, it's super interesting. I could see incredible impacts on the academic world as well for these types of questions that are being asked and brought up by this lawsuit. But yeah, I think we're going to need to see what happens. What does the judge say? Do, do they get a jury? Are they granted like a real... How fast do these things get resolved typically? Oh, goodness. Like we could be talking about this two years from now. Sold up, but, but yeah. Yeah, mm. I mean, we'll see. We'll we'll definitely see. Where did uh, they work? I think so. Yeah. Just Manhattan. Think. Yeah. And Federal then, District. Then we'll get a Brussels one and a London one, and then. Mm. Yeah, those will do better than the New York ones, I'm sure. You should have filed it in oh. California or uh, Germany. Yeah. Based on the GDPR precedent, what we know happened there. Anyway, this is super super I mean, interesting. Right, they're definitely opening up in the, a Pandora's box of, of these things. Someone will just ignore it, right? That's the real kind of like downer here is they might slow them down, but they can't really stop the whole field. No. Best case, they make money on it, which I guess is a decent enough expected outcome for them. And it just seems so, that seems, to me, somehow, that seems like the most cynical take is that they're doing it for money. Who knows? Awesome. How's your Christmas going? It's been going great. It's been going great. Yeah. No, no drama. Lots and lots of, I was speaking with our, the producer of this podcast earlier, and he was saying that there are shards of Christmas wrap, wrapping paper everywhere. That's the state. Uh, fortunately, my parents' house where we had Christmas and not here. What about uh, yours? Not bad. My, my daughter just figured out how to stand up. So I think that's just um, a fascination. So yeah. Well, what goes up, unfortunately, <laughs> hopefully for Christmas, she got some padding. Some yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, you enjoy New Year's. Uh, you do. Speak soon. See you guys next year. Bye.